I have a question for you as we start our Bible study this morning. Um, how do people grow? How do, how do you grow? How do you change? How do you learn? Um, for those of you that remember your childhood, maybe yours was similar to mine. I got crickets during the first service, so we'll see. Did you guys do that thing at your house where your mom would make you stand against a wall and she'd get a ruler and do the pencil mark? Thank you. First service. Man, I don't know. So they did something different. But uh, so every September and every May, right, the beginning of school and at the end of school, we'd have to put our head on a wall and they'd do a little mark. And so you'd be able to see like, okay, I grew an inch, you know, in fifth grade or whatever. And so they'd kind of have a way to see that we would grow. And it was fun at the end of May to be like, oh, I don't feel like I've grown, but look, look at the height difference. Or what about baby books? You guys have baby books? You go home for Christmas and look at your baby book. We did that, and my mom or dad would write like our height and weight in the baby book, and you could go back and look. Um, super creepy, and my baby book is my first haircut. Is that a normal thing? Is that a thing? I have a lot of questions about hair because that hair is in great shape. It is doing wonderful, so I'm curious why hair doesn't disintegrate or anything like that. So anyways, uh, my hair is not doing so great, but that hair is doing wonderful, so... It's really weird. But isn't it good? It's good signs, right? When you see growth, when you see change, marking on heights of wall is, is a good indicator that, that there's health. Um, we should see our children, for those of you that are parents, you should see your children getting taller and getting heavier, new abilities, better communication, bigger tasks, right? When you take your child for their one-year checkup, um, you should see change. The nurse or the doctor will ask you some questions like, are they saying any new words lately? Are they able to feed themselves? Are they walking, right? They ask kind of these diagnostic questions to find that there's growth. That's all healthy um, change and movement in your child's life. That's what they look for. Wouldn't there be a concern as if you brought your five-year-old to the doctor and there was no change? Wouldn't you be concerned about that? If they said, oh, that's interesting. Your child is the same height and the same weight as they were when they were four. What would you think about that? Uh-oh, something's off. There's not growth. Something's wrong. The, the point here is that growth is very good. Growth is very natural. And that's what we should expect and what we desire. But... I think we would all agree that growth requires intentionality as well, right? Healthy, good growth requires intentionality. So like, I like height. You can't really control height. The more vegetables you eat, you probably won't get taller. But most growth, almost all other growth, requires intentionality like, like diet and exercise and things like that. No matter how you desire to grow, physically, intellectually, new skills and ability, all health, all healthy growth requires intentionality. Think about that. You want to grow? You want to change? You want to make some differences? Here are some things that we do that, are, that, that cause intentional growth, right? You put in the time. If there's something you want to do and accomplish, you know you have to dedicate or even sacrifice time. You've got to practice for those students in here that are on a team. You know your coach demands practice because if you want to grow, you've got to put in the time. We have to exercise. We've got to develop good habits and kill bad habits if we want to grow. 
We've got to manage our time in order to grow. We've got to manage our money in order to grow, our resources. If you want to grow, you've got to go, put yourself in environments of education where you can learn and sit in under somebody who's an expert or who knows better than you. We've got to put ourselves in experiences where we'll, where we'll learn. I love taking students on missions trips because you hear this common theme when they come back. Man, that trip was so good for me. It took me out of my comfort zone. You know what they're saying? That trip made me grow. That's what they're saying. It made me do something or try something that was a little bit difficult or hard. It really forced me to grow. Those are healthy experiences. If you want to grow, many times you need a mentor or you need a coach or you need a counselor. Somebody outside of your situation who can speak into your situation and say, man, let's move beyond those past decisions. Let's make new good decisions in order for you to see some results. We need those things in life. And all of those are ways we grow. But if you notice, they're all decisions that you have to make in order to grow. And many of them are sacrifices that you have to make in order to grow. You see, that's intentionality. So yes, growth is natural. Growth is normal, but it's also intentional. If you want to grow, there's some things you've got to do. Think about it's almost uh, New Year's Eve of the new year, and this is the time of year when we make new goals, New Year's resolutions, and many of us will probably make goals, right? You'll journal, you'll make a little piece of paper, five goals for 2020. How many of you will make plans? See, isn't there a difference between just writing down a few goals for 2020 and being passive about it? Like, I really hope all those things come true, and there's a difference between a planner Somebody who says, here's the goal, here are my objectives, here's my steps. Here's what it's going to do. I'm willing to put in the time, the investment. I'm willing to do what it takes. I'm willing to be intentional in order to accomplish my goal. That's how we grow. That's how we change. That's how we make differences and steps in our life. Well, this is church. How do we grow spiritually? Think about that for a second. How do you grow spiritually? Well, the answer to that question is very similarly to how we grow in any other way. You'll see today from, from our text, if you have your Bibles, please open up to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 3 through 14, and we're going to look and answer the question, how do we grow spiritually? I want to do a Bible study this morning on what God's Word says about spiritual growth. And then we're going to end our sermon today by showing you how First Family Church plans on helping you be intentional about your spiritual growth. That's our job in your life, to help you, to develop you, to help you make advancements and, and growth. So we're going to start with our Bibles, look at God's Word, and then we want to show you our intentional plan for how we want to help you. Do you know much about the book of Colossians? Before we read it, I want to tell you the story, real briefly, the story of the book of Colossians. Like, what's the book of Colossians about? Here's the background, okay? Paul, you know Paul, the apostle Paul? Paul planted churches. He went on his missionary journeys. He'd share the gospel. People would come to faith. He'd plant churches. That's typically what Paul would do. So Paul was in Ephesus, and he was debating the religious leaders, having conversations, um, and, and people were coming to faith. 
So Paul's in Ephesus sharing the gospel. Groups of individuals would come to faith. He'd start a home church or a living room full of individuals who would study their Bibles together. There was a young man in Ephesus named Epaphras. And he is living in Ephesus. And Epaphras, under the teaching of Paul, hears the gospel. And Epaphras comes to faith under Paul's ministry in Ephesus. And Epaphras is in Ephesus with Paul for quite a while. And he's mentor, he's discipled, he's taught how to, how to uh, biblical understanding and, and the salvation and how to grow. And he's a disciple of Paul's. Well, Epaphras, for some reason, which we're not told, is from Colossae. And that's his hometown. That's where he grew up. And so for some reason, Epaphras goes back to Colossae and he goes home and there's not that Christian community that he had in Ephesus. He shows up and there's darkness and, and, and a lack of faith. And he's back in his hometown and he's like, well, I guess I'll just do what Paul did. I guess I'll do just what Paul trained me to do. So Epaphras opens his mouth and he shares the gospel and he proclaims the gospel and people in his hometown come to faith. So he just does what Paul does and he starts a church. Hey, come on over. Let's start a Bible study. Let's read the Bible together and talk about God and worship Jesus together. And now Paul is a spiritual grandfather to this church in Colossae, the book of Colossians. And periodically, Epaphras would get the opportunity to go back to Paul in Ephesus and give reports. Man, this is awesome. Paul, you'll never believe it. People are coming to faith and there's love for all the saints there and they're growing and they're serving and they're sharing the gospel. And that's the book of Colossians. It's Paul's letter to a church he doesn't know. He only knows them because of Epaphras. And so he writes to this church information, charges, things they need to, to do, things they need to remember. And that's our book. That's the book of Colossians. I can think of no better book for you guys to, start a, to study January 1st. What a practical book for a church that was planted and we're seeing people come to faith and grow in their love for Jesus. Man, that's the story of Colossians. And so as you have that understanding, let's read Colossians chapter 1. I want to read for you two paragraphs. It's verses 3 through 14. I'm going to break them up and summarize them for you. So here we go. Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. Read this way. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Let me summarize that paragraph. Epaphras reports back to Paul that this community of believers heard the gospel preached, responded to faith in Christ, and now they have love for all the saints. And Paul tells them in this paragraph that that. That story of what is happening in Colossae is happening all over the world. The gospel is spreading to all the ends of the earth. 
people are proclaiming the gospel, people are coming to faith, and churches are being planted. And the, the story of Jesus is famous and is spreading, and, and converts are being made all over the earth. Doesn't that sound similar to what has happened here? And the gospel's reached here, and churches are starting, and it's beautiful. People are hearing the gospel, and churches are being started. Now let's read verses 9 through 14. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let me summarize that paragraph for you real quick. This is where we're really gonna focus in for the remainder of our time. Here in these verses are Paul's description of how people grow spiritually. He just outlined for you brilliantly, simply, how people grow. And that's Paul. He says, I'll never stop praying for you that you'll continue to grow. I want this church of people, this group of people, to constantly grow. You've believed you're involved in a church group, that's awesome. Now, continue to grow. You're not done. And this is what he outlines as spiritual growth. You ready? He says, the first thing he says is that I pray for you that you would be filled with knowledge of his will. That's what he said. That's how growth happens, that you'd be filled with the knowledge of his will. And he, he explains that by saying spiritual wisdom and understanding, Filled with the knowledge of his will. This would be the category of theology, knowledge, biblical understanding. He prays for the church. Man, I pray that you would grow in your knowledge of God, your love of God, your understanding of truth, your biblical uh, wisdom, that you would know the word, the scriptures, that I pray that you're, you would be filled with knowledge. Then he says, so that they would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. That's biblical practice. Paul knows and believes that when you know the word of God and you know God, it produces a manner of life. It produces or changes how you live. He knows that. He believes that. Theology always affects how we live. And then he explains that. Here's what biblical practice looks like. A life that is fully pleasing to God, a life that is bearing fruit in every good work, and that you increase in the knowledge of God. Good theology produces a manner of life, good biblical living. And then he ends his description on spiritual growth with this phrase, I pray for strength for you that comes from God's might. He understands the only power to do this the only power to change, the only power to grow does not come from you. It comes from God's might. You need supernatural power in order to change. There's Paul's theology of spiritual growth. Starts with God, it moves through God's word, and we need the supernatural power. We need better biblical understanding that leads to better practice 
which only results from supernatural power. Let me kind of word it in a way that will help us kind of grasp it and understand. Here's how Paul believes we grow spiritually. Paul says that spiritual growth happens by God. That's how we grow. It's by God. It's through his word and it's with our intentionality. That's how you grow. You want to change? You want to be a spiritually stronger person? You want to have stronger faith? All of that happens by God through his word with our intentionality. For the last month, we've been in a Christmas series and you've heard Todd say this several times. Let Let me see if you remember this. Todd has said this. He's reminded us multiple times this past month that we are passive in salvation. You remember him saying that? He says that salvation is all of God. When it comes to regeneration or conversion, salvation, forgiveness, we're passive recipients. Ephesians chapter one says, for you were dead in your trespasses and sins, but God made you alive. That's what we believe about conversion, that we're passive, that God saves us. But when it comes to spiritual growth or sanctification, we are not merely passive. We are called to be in cooperation with the Spirit. We're supposed to be in step with the Spirit, obedient to the Spirit, listen to the leading of God and follow His commands. See, spiritual growth happens by God, through his word, and with our intentionality. Let me, if I need to, prove it again to you one more time. How spiritual growth happens by God. You know Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, it says this, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you, he will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. Spiritual growth happens through his word. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 says this, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. See, every time you open up the word of God and ask God to use his word to change you, it's the word of God that activates change in your life, convicts you of sin, and reminds you of God's will for your life. It challenges you. The Holy Spirit speaks to you through the word of God. But then it's our intentionality as well. If you know Philippians, this is Paul again. In Philippians chapter three, think about this. The apostle Paul says this. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have already attained. Paul's explained to there our intentionality in this. God has saved you. He's given you his, his Holy Spirit. He's given you the word. It's your turn to, to read it and to sit underneath it and to meditate on it and to focus on it and to strive for holiness and desire to live for God. See, spiritual growth happens by God through his word 
and with our intentionality. It's how we grow. This is why we, are your elders, we've developed this thing called a discipleship pathway. Because at First Family Church, we want to help you grow. We want to do that. We want to be involved in your life. And we desperately want people to grow spiritually. See, just as Paul and Epaphras desired nothing more than for their people to grow in their faith, so that is our desire for each one of you. You can see our mission statement up there. You see that real quick? Hopefully that's not new to you. Hopefully you have it memorized, put on a wall somewhere in your house. No, probably not. But this is First Family Church's mission statement. First Family Church exists to develop fully devoted followers of Christ. Can you finish it? Who celebrate, grow, and serve for the glory of God. Good job. I'll tell Pastor Todd you guys nailed it. Good job. He'll be so proud of you all. That's our mission statement. Sometimes Pastor Todd will, uh, will quiz us at staff meetings. And, and this is what we do. Notice the word develop. First Family Church exists to develop, to help you grow spiritually, to start your spiritual journey by faith, and then to continue on to the day you die. That We want to develop. So our role is to develop. Your role is to grow. That takes intentionality. You've got to be willing to put in the work and to show up and to do what it takes in order to grow. And so last year, in 2019, we laid out for you these five natural steps for how we believe people grow as, fo as followers of Jesus Christ. We laid out to you that we believe people belong, connect, grow, serve, and lead. I hope this isn't the first time you've seen this. We handed out assessments last year. We talked about it. We're going to constantly talk about it because of our mission statement. We exist to develop. So we want to help you develop. So we want you to see this pathway and then to self-identify and then be willing to come up with what are my next steps. See, look at this real quick. Belong, connect, grow, serve, lead. The beauty of this is we didn't make it up. This is Epaphras' story. And ultimately, that's even Paul's story. Epaphras heard the gospel preached. He put his faith in Christ. He connected to a local church in Ephesus. He grew there. He learned to serve there. And God laid upon Epaphras' heart to go back to Colossae and lead. That's Epaphras' story. This is Paul's story. And ultimately, this is your story as well. Is there holes in this? Is this perfect? No, it's not perfect. But it's a good, natural, logical step that all of us could follow to say, hey, I want to continue to grow. I want to, come, I want to continue to become a better disciple, a stronger follower of Jesus Christ. What's my next step? So as we lay out for you, this is the first time you're going to see this today. We're going to develop this further today. I really want you to take your time to be honest to be fair, to look at this uh, discipleship pathway and be willing to self-identify, where am I? As a disciple of Jesus Christ, where am I? And what's my next step? Where do I need, where do I need to go in this path? So we, sh we strive to develop. Your job is to strive to grow. So let's, let's show you these. I'd love to walk you through them real quick. I promise not to take a ton of time. All, you can read, but I do want to explain a few things to help you see this. So here's what we, the elders of, of First Family have uh, developed as our discipleship pathway. 
So somewhere along those colored words, the uh, belong, connect, grow, uh, serve, and lead, you fall. And then underneath there are some bullet points, some next steps. Let me clarify that real quick. So let's take belong as example. Underneath belong are four four, um, themes. To be saved, to be baptized, to celebrate, and to go to discovery class. So the first one, saved, is a private, personal thing. To, be, to belong, that's something that you've got to have, you've got to do. That's something we can't force. That's something that you do. You put, place your faith in Christ, you believe the gospel, something you do. We can help in that, but that's a personal thing. The second one there, baptized, is a public thing. That's something you do before your church family, before your friends and, and followers of Christ. You publicly profess your faith. The third one there is regularly or consistent. This is a habit we want to develop in you. We want this to be a normal part of your daily life, so you, or of your weekly life. You celebrate the gospel. And then the last one there is an educational environment we want to provide. So along every category, belong, connect, grow, serve, lead are four elements. Something private, something public, something regular, consistent, and then an educational environment we want to provide. Does that make sense? So we'll kind of walk through those, okay? So belong. Do you belong to Christ? That is the most important question we could ask any human being. Are you saved? Do you have a relationship with God? Do you understand your sinfulness and and the sacrifice of the substitute, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for your sins? Have you believed the good news like Epaphras did under Paul's teaching? Do you know you're a sinner in need of a savior? If you do believe the gospel, then you belong to Christ. You're in Christ. We also want you to... uh, publicly profess your faith in Christ. Pastor Todd says this all the time. The first act of obedience for a believer is baptism. Believe and be baptized. Have you publicly professed your faith in Christ by by being baptized, by professing that to your church family? Something regular, consistent, a habit we want to have a part of your life is to celebrate. What you're doing right now, you're celebrating the gospel in a Sunday service. We want this to be a consistent, regular part of your life. Pastor Todd, about two weeks ago, gave the staff this uh, um, survey or this study. And this study said that if you were to go ask people in America, do you regularly attend church? They would say yes. And what they mean by that is they go to church once a month. That's, That's interesting, isn't it? So most of America would say like, yeah, I go to church. I go about once a month. Do you think they're growing very rapidly? That'd be like me asking your child, like, do you go to school? And they were to say, yeah, I go once a week. You're like, hmm, that's why you're failing Spanish class. Got it, right? Like consistent. We want this to be a habit, a part of your life because we want you to grow. Please hear me. I'll say this several times. We're not trying to create legalism we're trying to identify or clarify intentionality. Please don't view this as a checklist and you can say, got that one, got that one, got that one. I'm awesome, I'm loved by God. No, you're loved by God because Christ died in your place. We want to be faithful in our growing. And then lastly, do you wanna 
belong to this church, you want to know more about this church, you want to be, have an environment where you can ask your questions, come to our discovery class. We'll tell you about our theology, about our church, our, what denomination we're associated with, how we began. We want to share you that story. So that's the environment that we'd love to have you come to to explain that. And then under connect, we want you not only to connect with Christ on a daily basis, but we want you to connect with your body. With your bro- These are your brothers and sisters in Christ. This is your family. We want you to connect. So do you connect relationally with God? Do you talk to God? Do you pray to God? Do you listen to God? Is his word open daily in your life, in your home? Do your kids catch you praying? Do your children catch you with your Bible open because you have a relationship with your father? I hope that's natural. I hope you connect with your father. And then do you connect with your brothers and sisters? Are you a member of this body? We have a membership class where we'll walk you through that. That's an environment where we'll teach you what it looks like, the commitments it may, you take in order to be a member here at First Family Church. But have you publicly become a member of this body? And then regular, the habit is time with God. We want you to spend time praying, reading every single day, communing with your father because you love him and you need him. Is that a consistent part of your life? So if you're on the connect, the next step is to grow. And then we want to create easy environments for you to grow in your faith, to constantly grow. And this is where we desire for you to not only spend time praying and reading, but studying, taking your Bible and chewing on it and eating it up and, 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 and spending time listening to, to preachers and, and Bible studies and getting your highlighters and your rulers out and, and just spending quality time in the word of God. We hope that you are a student of the word of God. And then are you growing? I am fully convinced that we grow in community. As I look back over my life, it is so evident to me that the times that I've grown the most have been in community, not isolation. The times where my spiritual life has grown the most is when I've been surrounded by my brothers and sisters in Christ who are able to pour into my life and to speak into my life. I was in a men's group uh, where we met uh, for breakfast once a week for like four or five years. I can, with clarity, explain to you, I grew so much in community where I allowed people to get to know me and and call me out and to speak into me and to challenge me, and, and so will you. We grow in community. We don't grow in isolation. We grow very slowly in isolation. Who's your community? Are you in a small group? Are you in a men's group? Are you in a women's group? We have a great women's ministry and our men's ministry is just starting off and we would love to help you grow. We offer morning Bible studies for the ladies. We offer men's breakfast groups. We got a group that meets at Chick-fil-A and, and Main Street Cafe and we would love to get you into a group where you can grow. Come and talk to us. We'll get you connected to those. Um, and then we're going to be offering a growth class. This is where we teach you how to study your Bible. I shouldn't assume everyone knows how to study their Bible. We can teach that. We can develop that so you become a student of the word. Let us do that for you. And then the fourth is to serve. We believe that everyone is saved and given spiritual gifts. And it's your opportunity and privilege to use those for the glory of God. 
We want to help you identify those. But first of all, that starts privately. Are you actively serving your wife and your spouse and your children? Because if you're only serving the church, not serving your family, you're missing a step there. Are you actively serving your family and your neighbors? And then we want you regularly serving, using your gifts to serve the body. Where are you regularly serving in First Family Church? Where's your spot? Could you identify that? We I walk, go across the room and be like, oh yeah, they're a children's ministry person. Oh, they're a youth leader, small group leader. You got your spot? You got your place where you're serving, where you're using your gifts and ability? We believe that you grow when you use your gifts. It's not a burden, it's a privilege to use what God has given you to, to further the mission. Are you giving? Is that a regular, consistent part of your life? Do you believe that everything you have has been given to you by God and it's your privilege to give some back to him? Is that a normal part of who you are, what you do? And then lastly, an environment for us is an equipping class. We're gonna be offering different classes for you to learn and to grow, how to fight out your spiritual gift, how to use it, how to learn how to share your faith better. We wanna provide those environments for you so be, so be uh, watching for those. And then lastly, lead. I am fully convinced in this room today are Epaphrases, people who are in a church community right now learning and growing and are meant to be sent. Fully convinced of that. That one day, God will call you to go lead. Maybe to lead right here. Maybe you're supposed to be a deacon. Maybe you're supposed to be an elder. Maybe you're supposed to be a small group leader, a ministry leader. We wanna provide that opportunity for you and, and train you to do that. And many of you, I believe, are called to lead. Some will be sent to the mission field, back to their hometown to plant a church, just like Epaphras. We want to provide those opportunities for you. Are you discipling someone? Who's somebody in your life that looks up to you spiritually that you're pouring into? Do you have somebody like that? We would love to connect you with somebody. I know our women's ministry works hard at connecting ladies for discipleship. We'd love to help you in that regard. And then our environment is leadership class. If you want to know more about leadership, what that looks like, what's a deacon? What's an elder? What are the differences? What's a small group leader? What do I got to do to do that? How, how can I become a leader one day? We'd love to provide an opportunity for that. So be looking for those. You can go on our website and sign up for our classes. Many of them are already up. First Family Church desires to develop fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And please hear me. This is just a tool. That's all it is. It's our job to develop and your job to grow and we want to help you in that. As you look at this, um, I want you to do two things. I want you to self-identify where you are on the discipleship pathway and then what's your next step. Think through those two things. While you're chewing on that, while you're looking at this, I know this is the first time you've seen this, so you're probably digesting a little bit. I want to share with you our take home truth, our big idea, summarize all that we've been talking about real quick. So here's what I hope you take away from today's message. Your spiritual birth always starts a journey of spiritual growth. Spiritual growth is expected and natural, but requires intentionality. Do you want to grow? What's your next step? Our hope today is that you would identify where you are on the path 
and what your next step is as you develop into a devoted follower of Christ who celebrates, grows, and serves for the glory of God. Maybe your next step is you've never begun a relationship with Jesus. You've never been saved. Today, please hear us announce the gospel over you. Every single one of us in this room is a sinner who because of our sinfulness is separated from God. But God in his love and his kindness sent his son Jesus to earth. Jesus was born, lived a perfect life, and willingly went to the cross and died the death you deserved. His death we call substitutionary atonement, which means he took your place. He bore the wrath of God so you don't have to. And his death and, and resurrection secured your spot and your place in heaven so that now you are forgiven and right with God. But only those who believe in Christ, only those who believe that the Son of God paid your ransom are in, are forgiven and saved. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you know your sinfulness and know his gift of salvation? Do you believe that he is your sacrifice who atoned for the sins of your life? If you've never done that today, we would love to talk to you, help you receive that free gift of salvation, help you believe in Christ. Some of you in this room, your next step is to be baptized. You've never taken that first act of obedience. I met a woman this weekend and she came up to me and she said, a little embarrassed because she's an adult. She's like, ah, I've never been baptized. That's not embarrassing. We would love to help you We'd love to celebrate with you if you've never obeyed by being publicly baptized. Maybe you need to become a member, join, be a brother and sister at our church. Maybe you need to find a small group. Maybe last semester you never got connected. You never found one. We'd love, January is a great time to, start a, to join a small group. That's my job now, is to help you find a small group. Let me do that. We have lots of 34 incredible small groups I would love to help you find one. Maybe you need to be discipled. Maybe you need a coach, a mentor. Maybe you need somebody, a counselor, to come alongside of you on a one-on-one, -on -one, help you get past your past and make better decisions. We'd love to connect you with somebody who can teach you how to study the Bible and the truth about Jesus. Maybe you have spiritual gifts and aren't using them. We'd love to help you find a spot to serve. We have lots of opportunities, lots of needs here, we could definitely use you serving our church. Maybe you need to start giving. Maybe God has blessed you and you haven't blessed others. Maybe you need to respond by giving. And lastly, maybe you need to go back to where you're from and plant a church. Maybe you need to be a Paphras. There are Paphrases among us who need to rise up as leaders of the church and do their part. Let us encourage that and help you let us help you find the will of God for your life. So that's our job. We develop, you grow. Where are you on the path? What's your next step? As you think towards 2020, how can you grow spiritually? It's by God, through his word, with your intentionality. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more messages, visit firstfamily.church forward slash sermons or subscribe to our podcast feed. Thanks for listening.